0: All right, friends, welcome back. This is the Wings of the Eagle channel, an official podcast. Usually we call it Unsealed. Uh, I guess it still is. Um, for Manta, you are whoever you are, and hopefully you are my brother or sister in Christ. That's really all that matters. Uh, so get right with God, and we're a family. And that's pretty awesome, because it'll never, ever end. Uh, today, I don't want to waste anybody's time whatsoever, because we've got a guest that is graciously... Uh, agreeing to be here from the other side of the Atlantic Ocean and from the United Kingdom. His name is Nicholas Franks, and um, I'm going to pull up information. And below, you'll see links to a little bio about Nick himself and about the book that we will be discussing. Bless the Lord, everybody. Yeah, tell me where you're from. If you're watching, if this is your first time uh, getting in on the podcast here or any related to wing to the eagle or end time church etc say hello where you're from maybe watch a thousand times and this is an old friend that is great too we love you just the same and we hope this is a blessing to you so uh, without further ado let us bring on our friend dear brother nicholas franks where exactly in the uk
1: are you sir greetings We're in edinburgh so right at the top
0: yeah at the top of the shape of the country yeah
1: it's cold up there isn't it it I mean, is actually unus- unseasonally so at the minute it's i think it's five degrees today so that's pretty cold but um
0: oh that's celsius
1: degrees celsius right
0: that's one of those cultural differences we got to get used to that <laughs> being a- <laughs> that's about what 40 40 some degrees probably no correct. idea
1: yeah. absolutely what no it- idea. It doesn't
0: matter it doesn't matter it's cold okay everyone knows cold <laughs> Uh, so nick and i have i'm not sh- i think it was a uh, an effort that nick was doing back in like 2019 called the draft if i remember right yeah we hooked up uh, we've done a podcast once before it's been a couple of years now yeah and um a little bit has has happened since then but then again maybe not much
1: yeah I mean, maybe before we can we start, I just want to say, like looking at, I was just looking at your um, intro there and your graphics and everything. I just want to thank you, mate. Like you, you thanked me for being gracious enough to join you, but the reality is, I asked if I could, if you could help me with it. And Chris, you you personify grace in so many different ways. And in terms of our relationship over the years, you've been gracious with me so much, and the guys who watch this stream or follow the podcast just don't take that for granted. Like, please, it's, it's such a blessing what you're doing, mate. And thank you from, from our perspective. Um, and I know again, from a personal point of view, it can be often when you're talking into a camera rather than looking at somebody in the face and embracing or whatever, you know, it can be quite a lonely, thankless task a lot of the time doing stuff digitally online. is very draining because you don't have that sense of like when we met on the shores of Galilee, me, you and Steve Buckley and a few others were able to actually high five, hug and weep together. You know, that doesn't happen with this kind of thing. So I just want to say thank you. Man. for your grace and for that not to be a cliche at the beginning of a, of another christian podcast <laughs> well
0: it's 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 deeply felt man uh i thank you and it's true i mean it's just trying to be you know follow scriptures and you know like like romans 12 would tell us you know just just be gracious to your to your brothers and sisters and yeah it's not always easy uh i guess but that's what we got to do. So we make an effort at it. So bless the Lord. Hey, we got some folks checking in Golden, Missouri. Uh, Jerry, welcome, my friend. Uh, this guy, Pastor Randy Scott, happens to be my pastor locally. And thank you. We uh, accept your blessing, Randy. And Stephanie from Melbourne, Melbourne, Australia. It's what I am here. Wow. See what you pro- you-, you provoke, Nicholas? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you make people stay up late
1: my eye's late
0: that's really late uh so bless you stephanie thank you so much
1: uh hopefully stephanie will stay up and listen um hope and worth won't send you to sleep amen hopefully it's worthwhile okay so let's talk about what we're
0: first and foremost here to do which is called this book that's too controversial or too provocative too provocative mm. yeah for the mainstream church glorious few redeeming radicalization i just want to real quick here share the page that we've linked below so people can see where you can get the book and what it's about you should be able to see it right there uh that's the cover and the link again is below this is a nice little summary of what it is and a pretty awesome video i must say um very cinematic but then again everything nick does is kind of very professional but anyway this is an effective um promotional tool for sure to tell folks why this was done and why it needs to be done now uh Mm. and and where to buy it which is of course amazon um electronic book and limited edition book which is that available internationally or just just
1: yeah the limited edition maybe i'll say something about that really quickly the limited edition is available anywhere the reason the only reason that we did it on amazon at all is to is to make it um more accessible for folk who either can't or don't want to pay a little bit of a little bit more postage um to get the book from us directly rather than through amazon the reason the reason that we've done the limited edition is because that was always my preference i don't like i don't really like amazon books the kind of mass produced um you know you can feel you can you can tell it's an amazon book as soon as you're holding it even if your eyes are closed so we've yeah. we've gone to to quite long quite great lengths to make the limited edition um sweet basically and um so i encourage, so, it, so both are available um from us um yeah and there's an ebook as well
0: yeah awesome choices are good so again you should see the link below um it's firebrandnotes.com is the kind of the the, hub, the headquarters for what you're doing um, yeah. and get it there. And if you can do the extra, it's probably definitely worth it if you're into books. But anyway, the point is get the information. That's number yeah. one. Um, it's the video I mentioned hooks you with something that's very dear to me, which is this idea of radical being a radical. And the the word has been completely, it's totally negative. Um, yeah. because no matter what, oh, well, you're a radical, that's a that's a bad thing. And clearly we have a uh, myriad of examples um, in every sphere of the world, right? Including and most um, sharply in the Islamic world uh, when a radical who basically is just really believes what they're talking about, right? They, yeah. they really believe what they're told. They really believe that their God is right and their prophet's right. And so they do,
1: what they are commanded to do. That's radical? Is that basically what we're talking about? Yeah, I think the word radical is two things. It's what you've mentioned, but it's either that or or more commonly, it's a kind of cliche. We Today in the church, 21st century church, we tend to think that something's radical and it's not. And I often say, in fact, I said in Body Zero in the book from 2019, before the world radically changed, is that today's radical is yesterday's walk in the park. So it's either cliche or it's this kind of and this is what this is what the glorious few is actually about. It's counterfeited into something that as you said is is a negative um is a negative thing in the eyes and the ears of the world. And not always, but but preeminently linked to Islam. Um you know. So that's that's what the book is about, really. It's it's hence the subtitle redeeming redeeming radicalization in in the kingdom of god you know it's the it's what it means to be a a lover and a follower of jesus it's as simple as that and i think to to coin that phrase you know the walk in the park versus the truly radical the the church really today is in the west at least i'm talking about is is walking in a park when we're called to to something much more genuinely radical yeah, kind of, kind of sleepwalking through the thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, like, like you say, it's kind of like the easy, just how Jesus is telling us to live, and his instructions are very, what you would call radical or uh, counterintuitive. Right? You would think, wait, if I want to live, I have to die. If I want to, you know, all these mm-hmm. things are backwards and upside down. Mm-hmm. Um, he keeps repeating it over and over and over and over and over. Yeah. And of course, Paul and, and you know, the epistles later are just repeating that same thing, which is, you know, don't be after the pattern of the world. We're called to something greater. We're called to more we're, uh, follow Jesus' example, blah, blah, blah. So we, I guess you'd call that radicalization. And the, the point with the with the Islamic side of it is um, like I think you pointed this out in the video. They pray five times a day, every single day.
1: Yeah, well, we just finished no, Ramadan. No, no. I don't know. I, I think it's. I don't know anything about. I'm not. I don't know enough about it to know if it's the same in every country in terms of dates and so on. But Ramadan yes. is just finished here. Is it just finished it with is. you? Yes, it's all the Yeah. Same, yeah. You know, my neighbour, my direct neighbour, is a is an Iraqi guy, and unlike a, a lot of nominal Muslims who don't really care about Ramadan or certainly don't practice it faithfully, he does. You know and he he takes himself off to the mosque i've I've been with him on a couple of occasions to his mosque, you know, and he drives off and he's fasting for a month, and hence the video you know in the in the voiceover it's like that's all going on, the Christians are just stuffing their face mm-hmm. you right. know and so um, you can't think of that really without Jesus' words ringing in your ear about the day will come not not if but when the bridegroom is taken from us. And in that day, we'll fast, you know? So like you said, there's a degree of w- what disconnect between the things that we, as, as those <laughs> entrusted with the, the only way of salvation, you know, disconnect between what we say we believe in the way that we live versus the Muslims who have no hope. It's Ephesians 2.12, okay. you know, in the world without God and without hope. And yet they're the ones that are going through 30 days of fasting and prayer um (laughs) so there has to be a reason for that and i I don't think it's just a i don't think it's just a a counterfeit per se like again scripturally we're not unaware of the devil's schemes strategies and that's what the book is about is it's it's deep diving into how do these and of course my neighbor isn't isn't necessarily, to the best of my knowledge, at least, he's not a terrorist or doesn't have that kind of jihadi right. conviction. So we are talking about a very small minority of Muslims who 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 end up being terrorists. Um, but the book really does dig into how is it that not only Muslims quite often have a more more conviction about the things that they say they believe, but then but then in an extreme sense, hence the the other kind of synonym of radical radical or radicalization is extremist how do these guys get to the point where they are literally willing to blow themselves up and in so doing kill as many people as possible what's going on what's the, what is the devil doing within that um, so yeah that's that's really what it's about
0: and and it seems like that's a, that certainly can be looked at as a as a counterfeit an enemy counterfeit of what god calls us to do for real which is die to yourself exactly and die for someone else like mm-hmm. there's no greater love right and a man's of life for his friends that's that's very different than what an islamic extreme person would do but it's kind of like this is what the devil is doing like this is saying well if you're really serious about your religion uh, you know you're going to kill people and so and not save anyone and not give yourself into saving someone like mm-hmm. the Lord did and like we're called to do, but to just take everyone out who you can. yeah and now that's bleeding over into anything so you don't want to be oh I the g- good Christians, I can't be associated with that. you know not, nothing like that here. I'm just all you know let's just get along like you love to say. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Let's, just, let's just all get along to and, and figure it out and live live harmoniously and, and forget all this you know stuff that we're confronted with. Let's mm-hmm. just leave that, that's private, you know, that's private. Yeah. That's not really what we're called to do, though.
1: No. Oh,
0: so that's a problem. Um, when you say the glorious few, okay, mm. uh, meaning like the narrow way, like the...
1: Yeah, it's partly, it's not a classic remnant theology meaning. In it's actually, a, like I just alluded to, in the world of Islam, the the percentage of Muslims who end up committing terrorist attacks and atrocities are very very small it's a, it's a tiny a very very mm. tiny percentage of Muslims who end up or at least those who who commit the attacks and one of the books one of I, I worked on this book for a year full time um, so part of my time initially was spent, doing quite a lot of work and research in the counterterrorism um, experts of the world. And one of the guys who I spoke to is a fellow American uh, called Mark Ham. And you can find that information about him if you want. He's a former task force. Um, he, he led the task force with the FBI has worked very closely with the guys who perpetrated the Oklahoma city bombings in 95, Peter McVeigh, that kind of thing. So I met with him and, spent a bit of time digging into this kind of stuff and yeah, it's, it's the glorious few is a, is a spin off his book called the spectacular few, which you, you can read if you want, but it's, it's quite academic and, you know, statistic based. Um, But in, in short, one of the, one of the arguments in the first chapter of the book is that the the best that Satan can do is a spectacular. When he counterfeits the process and form of radicalization, which results in a, a bombing or some kind of a, attack that kills people, the best that, they, that Satan can do is the spectacular. And he is spectacular. When he needs to be, when he wants to be, but he is never glorious. And so, if you if you just in a thirty second soundbite had to compare and contrast the fake forgeries and counterfeits of Satan through his schemes and strategies, it's that he he knows Satan knows what's going to happen with the church. You know, this, the the kind of church presented as a bride, mm. without any without any foible, without any dirt or wrinkle. Splendor is the word, and so that's glorious. And when Christians are faithful as disciples in loving and following Jesus, there is glory There, you know, it's, it's glorifying Yahweh. And so the glorious few is really what it's all about, as opposed to the spectacular few, which is the near, but not, not a miss is as good as a mile as they say. Mm. Um, but there's no glory in Islam. Um, and I think there's a lot of, dishonor in the church that's really what it means i think for the church to be preparing for his return of course we're, we're a bride being prepared for a wedding day and um which which is the glory that we can't quite we can't even begin to imagine really um so yeah it's 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 also an echo i would say of matthew 24 12 that mm. the love of the love of most will grow cold the love of many will grow cold as jesus said so in terms of an eschatological focus as we consider what what's going to come, whether in our lifetime or not, if the love of most is going to grow cold, then don't try and do life with many. <laughs> uh, there, there it is, right?
0: Many versus few, right? Or exactly. most versus few. Yeah. Yeah.
1: He wouldn't say that if it wasn't true. <laughs> exactly. But we don't really want to believe that. We don't, we don't really want to believe that we want to believe that the mainstream, the majority are going to be fine, but they're not. Jesus said that that's not going to happen.
0: Can we repeat that? (laughs) You repeat that for the folks. By the way, feel free to ask what you want. Folks, we'll get to your questions here in a minute. Yeah.
1: What now? What's that? He said, what, what did Jesus say again? Well, it, I I like to I read the Amplified version, the Amplified Classic A.M.P.C. often alongside the ESV, and the Amplified says that the love of most will grow cold. We tend to know it as a love of many, but yeah. the love of most puts a different slant on that, doesn't it? You know, it's the majority for whom love of Jesus will grow cold. Um, well, there's the re-
0: there's the remnant theology, or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. By the Lord. Yeah. And so I I would guess I would for me, I see that and I say, well, how do I not be one of those? Um, And part of it it seems pretty self-explanatory, which is what you mentioned earlier. Are you willing to fast when when he's gone? Uh, Are you heartbroken about it?
1: Right. Yeah, and I think it's linked to what you touched on a minute ago, which is that where you're constantly keeping this counterfeit in mind when you consider the church at the end of the age presented in splendor um, is that the, the church, um, they they will be, we will be prepared, but there's there is a cost associated with that. And I think the promise of Jesus at the end of John 15, for example, that you'll be despised is is the equivalent of a of the terrorist whose radicalization ends up in killing and sending as many people as possible to hell the christian the true legitimate radicalization is awakening a disciple to the fact that they are called to be despised and it's this loving head-on collision with an unsaved world which is the fruit of true holy spirit radicalization being willing to stand before your accusers in silence or whether it's, you know, a pro-life event or whatever it is, you know? And so, so there's this, this thing of the Islamists and they want, they, they want to kill and send people to hell. And of course they're not prepared to stand before a watching world and be accused of, and to be despised. They, they, they want to die and go to their mirage that is paradise. Whereas you and I, if you, if, if you're genuinely in Christ, you're called, like Jesus said in John 15. If they hate me, they'll hate you. But so often the, the disciple doesn't give the world a reason to hate them. <laughs> There's no reason to hate most churches or most Christians because they're not prepared to say the things that Jesus said.
0: Right. With that caveat of the hatred coming from because you're my followers and you're doing what I commanded you, no. not because you're a jerk
1: exactly <laughs> yeah yeah not because you're legalistic or unloving or unkind or bigoted right. and all the things that yeah exactly
0: yeah but if right if you're not doing if you're not being despised what did you say called to be despised
1: yeah i mean it's a promise it's if you yeah. read john 15 it's a promise from yeah, jesus right. it directly. will happen yeah yeah, yeah and the, you know but how if you if folk listening to this conversation or when have you ever been prepared to be despised
0: Right, I don't like it, to be honest with you. Right, I, mean, I don't know people, about well, you, but,
1: but that's a good point, mate. Most of us don't want to be even just not liked. Yeah. But despise, which is the word that's used, is a very strong word. I can think of people that don't like me. I'm not sure if there's anybody that that really despises me. Yeah, that's another level. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's it's saying something, uh, mm. and again, it's like a. Rec- it's just going to happen. It's not like, well, if you're really super, super special, then maybe you'll get to be despised. Uh, it's just like a thing. It's like you will, those who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus, will suffer persecution. So yeah. I'm, I'm often asking myself, and then it comes out in like teaching and stuff when I'm going through the Bible. It's like, well, if I'm not being persecuted, maybe I'm doing something wrong mm-hmm. or, or I'm not fully engaged. Right? right. Let's mm-hmm. spin it that way maybe i'm not fully engaging with the holy spirit maybe i'm not actually being responsive
1: yeah uh, to his prompts yeah what else could it mean yeah i mean that this book is very autobi- autobiographical as well i've it's it's i've i've woven into the book just very open and honest transparent details of my own process that i would call and refer now to being radicalized and i i still would say i'm you know, I still consider myself to be largely de-radicalized. Um, but in the period of time that we're talking about, which is the last two or three years in world history, I think the Lord has been wanting to radicalize his people. Amen. And the, the de-radicalized standard, and again, this these are sounding like, you know, this is all very clear in the book, at least like it, I hope it is. You know, the standard is, de- is that the church are de radicalized And this is one of the sobering truths I- I've learned, again, autobiographically, is realizing that the church aren't just neutral on this in regards to this. They are actively, um, the church actively contributes to the de-radicalized state of discipleship. Yes. At the end of the book, there's a testimony from a lady called Amy who Came to faith in the last—I can't remember—a year or so ago, and she contacted us, and we baptized her. And um, but her testimony in, is is in the book, as in the appendix, because her testimony puts her finger exactly on that: is that she, the Lord revealed Himself to her sovereignly? She became born again, and then she thought, quite understandably, okay, well, the next thing I got—I got to do—is go to church. That's that's of course I've got to go to church. She goes to church and and get this, it's an evangelical church. This isn't just some kind of woke, seeker-sensitive thing that really isn't church at all. This is someone, this is a church claiming to be an evangelical church. And she goes along, kind of recently saved, kind of just sensing something of the fear of the Lord, coming to terms with eternity and hell and the fact that her friends and family are lost, and and then the glory of the of the thought that Jesus is coming, the church the church are just like they don't want to know about that. Amy's Amy's asking questions about these things, and, and they're like, well, don't worry about it, don't worry about it. So what is going on if a new Christian is coming to faith, going to a church, and then being told that we've got we've got a major problem, the church. And I talk about system, the systemic process of, I mean, there's a lot of chat these days, particularly in critical race theory and so on and so forth, about systemic issues, systemic mm-hmm. racism and mm-hmm. so on. I'm telling you, there's nothing more problematic on the earth than the systemic de-radicalization of the church.
0: Let's let's get into that for a second here before we go to viewers. Uh, that is so important, I think that nails it that without the churches, And again, we're not separating from the body, right? I mean, we're all in this together. It's our problem.
1: Yes. And no, I think, you know, people talk about leaving the church. The reality is if you're in Christ, which is Paul's favorite phrase in the new Testament, he uses that phrase over 70 times in Christ. You're either in Christ born again, or you're not right. So if you're in Christ, if you're a true disciple, you can't leave the body, right? You can't leave the church. Um, if you stop going to a local congregation, that doesn't mean you're not in the body of Christ. It just means that right. you're effectively churchless. But the scriptural, if anyone's freaking out, listening to what I'm saying, I'm not advocating that everybody leave their church. What I'm advocating for is that everybody who's in an unfaithful church must flee that's what I'm advocating for, and scripturally, where lest world,
0: you be, less you partake of th- their sins.
1: Well, just, just what the book's about, which is that you'll spend and waste your entire life being a de de-ra- radicalized so-called Christian. Can when I?
0: Can I just? Yeah, I'm going to riff on that for a quick second, brother.
1: And the scripture, the scripture for that, which is really important, if anyone's listening and taking notes, it, is one Corinthians eleven nineteen. Paul dealing with the church's dog's dinner of the of the. Of what they were calling the Lord's Supper right. and people were getting wrecked on alcohol gorging themselves on excess of food whilst other people don't have any and Paul says in verse 19 of chapter 11 that he concedes that it's better it's better it, that some are in right standing with God and some aren't in right standing with God and therefore there is a need for division so that those who are in right standing with God would be obvious, and those who are not would also be obvious. So that I think there is a misconception that de- that that leaving something or dividing from something is inherently somehow unchristian or ungodly, and that's not true.
0: Right. Yeah. And and to that point, what I the, the gist of it is that why is abortion a problem in our in our countries is because the church is into it. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> why is homosexuality such a big issue because the church is doing it that's why yeah and i'm not it's not just assenting to it or looking the other way which happens obviously um but we're actually participating exactly there's no distinction right there is no distinction between the world and the church what is the then what the heck are we doing how is that faithful in any way
1: and the language are of the you Bible calling uses someone out too.
0: That? When you're when you're delivering the good news to someone, what do you what do you exactly are you inviting them into? Like what, why do they care? What's the yeah. point? Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. Man. Sorry, brother. Go on. No, I mean there's just a lot to say on this, and you know, hence having written a book on it in in great care. Um It's a weighty reality that we're talking about. This is not some kind of topic that it's a, just a focus of a book. This is the reason that we're on the on the earth. Man, it's not going away either. No, it's not. And, you know, the whole ex-evangelical, ex-evangelical deconstructionist and so on and so forth, you know, often that there's, there is zero desire for the glory of God and there's no love for the church. Right. But I, I would argue that when Paul talks about eagerly desiring the gifts of the spirit, especially the gift of prophecy, to be prophetic today um, integrally involves running this gauntlet of being considered the worst enemy of the church, when actually the reality is the exact opposite. If you love the church, if you love the Lord, you're going to love the church. You're going to be burdened by the state of the church. And body zero was was my first offering with regards to that. But but to be able to recognize that this is a a weighty, eternal reality we're talking about. And this let's just agree to disagree kind of sentiment, whether it's to do with abortion, whether it's to do with egalitarianism and complementarianism or homosexuality, whatever it is, you know, not not everybody's right. At least 50 percent of the church are profoundly wrong and um there are reasons for that and um yeah so i I wouldn't recommend this book for anybody to read if you're not feeling that if you if you if you're kind of not if you're not concerned about the church and the glory of god don't bother reading this book
0: amen we're talking to nick frank's uh there's a new book called the glorious few the glorious few redeeming radicalization in the kingdom Of God, I love that you did this and that you're um, faithful to a difficult calling. Um, But those of us who are in that—not saying it's exactly the same—but in that sphere, in that in that region, um, the it's not easy and it's not fun, and you're going to go through a lot of stuff, even with the people who. Again, we're supposed to we're supposed to love each other and be the be the body together and all this stuff. But all of a sudden, they're not very interested in that. Uh, and then some will, of course, you know, re- resort to slander and all that stuff, uh, and getting people to not listen to you. They're crazy. Um, been there. We're going through that. Still there. Um, hmm. I, I guess those of us who are take heart. Um, in that the Lord is in it and he's doing something and he's going to have a very glorious purpose and resolution. Um, even yeah. maybe sooner than we would like. Um, let's go. And we'll, we'll keep talking here, but I do want to get to folks who are asking things and saying, hello. Uh, well, this is not funny. Jeff, always a cure for insomnia. Okay. <laughs> All right. Very good. Very good. Love, Jeff. Uh, down in Texas. Uh-huh. He says, a, a radical, in most senses, is a person who forgoes common sense that comes with conscience in favor of completely living by a literal interpretation of their faith or cause. Well, maybe, but at a certain point, um, I- I'm concerned with what Jesus is, is said. <laughs> let,
1: let, let's see that last comment, mate.
0: Yeah. This one here?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Thanks Jeff. The 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 in, funnily enough the a big big thrust of the book in the early stages is, is something I talk about. In fact, Chris, you just mentioned it about the uh the draft film the subtitle of which was the a conscription of conscience. Conscience is a massive part of this. Massive. Um so yeah, what what Jeff just said though I think is saying something very similar
0: yeah and so but at a certain point right we want to just be faithful to what jesus actually did say and take it very seriously and because he's not trying to as i say i feel all the time every time i get on one of these things is god's not trying to confuse us uh and he's not trying to mess with our minds yeah he's just laying it out to choose this is what i'm asking you to do do it or not yeah uh but are any of these Christian radicals, he's saying in the negative sense, sponsored by nation states, do they have made to actually look over half the feral crest? In other words, he's he's relating it to, to the Islamic issue. And obviously, no, um, this is not, even if it was a negative situation, it's not the same uh, reality because of the um, baked in, um, you know, Islamic teachings on governments and personal life and military responsibilities are all tied together so yeah uh majority here's will williams he's a house church pastor uh dear brother here majority of american christians don't take the words of jesus seriously they just slumber along thinking a prayer at one point in their life and they're good to go fire insurance card yeah Yeah, i I assume it's no different where you are
1: no i think it's i think it's the, the the pandemic of the west you know, of course, there. Are, you know, there are very dear brothers and sisters in different parts of the world for whom that's not true. You know, they they mm-hmm. they live with that daily sense of dying is gain for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. But that certainly mm-hmm. is not the standard of Western Christianity.
0: No, there's there's a there, it's a disease. Most Christians, Bond Servant, who's a dear sister uh, out in the western part of our country here, most Christians do not understand what it means to count the cost. Easy believism. Well, certainly here, and like what we're saying, in, in the western nations where we're just very, I think it's just because we're just very comfortable and we're wealthy. Uh, and we don't have to think about these things. Mm-hmm. It's not a, a, an issue to, if you believe in Jesus, you're going to be lose your home or your livelihood or your family or your life.
1: Yeah,
0: that seems like ridiculous to us. We mm-hmm. never actually get around to it. Yeah, T Rex, um, one of my dearest uh, people in the world. Some believers like to fast in secret. Well, that's true, as we are biblically encouraged to do. One doesn't hear much about it yet. Perhaps more goes it goes on
1: more than one would think. I hope so. I hmm. certainly hope so. Yeah, I mean, I hope so. But if you, again, if you think about what we're talking about, which is the counterfeit versus the authentic real deal, one of the things that I, I think is very powerful is is not only that Muslims go through Ramadan, but they're doing it together. They're doing it in community, in public. They're not doing it behind closed doors. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. It's, it's both and. Mary and I, Let me tell you this very quickly. Mary and I were out on Good Friday just a few weeks ago, and we got up at 4 a.m because we wanted to take 500 booklets along the road from where we live in into the center of Edinburgh. And we blanket dropped 500 booklets, at bus stops and uh, on seats, you know, so that when the world woke up and it was Good Friday, they and they went about their day, they found the city center, including Princes Street, the, the main road in Edinburgh, covered with, with the true gospel, not this half-baked, de-radicalized gospel but the actual gospel repent now repent because he loves you but when we got to the bottom of one of the main roads we walked and i'll never forget this i looked over and at the end of a a kind of parallel road what used to be a church i assume a church of scotland church or an episcopal church but is now a, a mosque it's still dark no one's around we, we're walking past and I just look, at, look, to, look to the right and see this former Christian church and inside there's this like ember glow of light and I know that it's full of Muslims fasting and praying publicly together. That's what Christians are called to do that the lifestyle of a Christian is not only to just fast privately, which of course is important. And Jesus teaching on that, you know, don't let your left hand knows what your right hand is doing. Don't stand on the pedestal in the market square proclaiming that I'm fasting. Of course, there's that private devotional aspect of it. But the world don't see a church, a Christian church, who are besotted with Jesus doing what the Muslims do. They don't see the Christians getting up at 4 a.m. to go and fast and pray together. That's the the issue. Mm -hmm. and Not
0: not only is it not happening, but there's no witness of it.
1: Yeah, the the world don't know a church or see a church who are, as the Catholics say, a church militant. So, yeah.
0: We are called to do it, and that should be good enough. The Will says this is a very important topic the church is not having, or I guess a talk is not having, but needs to have in every church in America and abroad. Thank you all for having this conversation. Well, love you too, brother. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's Stephanie says to be despised is a great point. And again, as long as we're doing it right, it's for the right, you know, we're doing it because it happens. The natural consequence of your love and devotion and, and testimony.
1: Yeah. And, and on is. that point of despised, I, the it's because Jesus was, he, he was, was is it, is it Isaiah? I always forget it's Isaiah 53 or 52, yes. but it's it, it that word despised is used twice in the same verse
0: mm-hmm. of, of
1: Jesus, the one who was marred beyond human, human likeness. Um, ultimately, I think the, the kind of the absence of, that despising of the church is, is the barometer, if you like, of how intimate we are with him. And again, I wouldn't say I'm not trying to hold myself up, up as some kind of radicalized example. It's quite the opposite. I'm in this book, I talk about coming to terms with how de-radicalized I, I was. Um, but as as I've as I've repented and as I have drawn near to him you know there is there has been the kind of beginnings of of that kind of animosity and hatred from from people that hate and despise jesus so going back to what you were saying earlier this thing of why are we not uh, the closer we come to jesus truly we will be despised um and i'm i'm saying that from my own life is that you know, as I have responded to to the promptings and the leading of the Holy Spirit in my own life, it has meant we've got posters on our windows. Repent now, he loves you. How dare I let this house be some kind of obscure, no, not clearly a place where somebody of the Lord's live or putting booklets out or speaking to people. or In one case, we stood outside a false church with a seven foot cross because they're preaching a false gospel. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we come closer to jesus because we just are desperate for him that's what that's the whole homesickness and fasting and in in that you then come into more of a pointed confrontation with the world but it's a loving one you're willing to stand before the despising world whilst proclaiming truth
0: right and don't despise them back by the way don't answer evil with evil
1: exactly yeah that's... father forgive father forgive them they Man. don't know what they're doing yeah
0: uh, just uh, as a reminder, that's what we're talking about. See Below Glorious View: Redeeming Radicalization in the Kingdom of God by Brother Nick Franks. You, again, links below. The description will get you to a bio of Nick himself and then more about the book and where to buy it. Um, Lone Wolf says, don't forget to smash the like button. Well, that is the truth. Uh, if you are blessed by this, please do so and share. That's even better than liking. Sharing is caring. Uh, please do so immediately if this is blessing you. Uh, then Lone Wolf says, Guys, the answer is very simple. The Lord Jesus Christ says it himself. He said, He will, who does the will of the Father in the world, is of my kingdom. That's that's a bottom line statement for sure. Uh, if you do it, you're in. That shows you that you're in the kingdom. Um,
1: it's not as simple as that, though. And ironically, right? Lone Wolf, let me explain the front cover of this book <laughs> because yeah. it might throw you initially because of Jesus' language, you know, talking about a sheep in wolves clothing sorry a wolf in sheep's clothing and this is an inversion and it's this is a this is a de-radicalized wolf in other words a christian who's not living seriously willing to be despised by an antichrist world shedding the skin of his or her de-radicalization to reveal the real deal underneath the sheep of his pasture a radicalized disciple so with respect to Lone Wolf, <laughs> it's not it's not simple. We we it's not a simple process. And it's not an easy, pain-free process. It's it's the exact opposite. Um yeah.
0: Amen. All right, who we got one more here. Will says Jesus is radical. For truly I tell you no servant is greater than his master, nor a messenger greater than the one who sent him. True Christianity is radical. I kinda think it has to be. The more we think about it. Um there's really no choice in the matter at all because if we if we're holding on to something if we're trying to do the flesh and the spirit together right if we
1: yeah
0: if we're trying to hold on to have one foot in the world and yet claim to be separate from it it doesn't work it doesn't work
1: no now
0: jeff knows what's up he ordered the book just just now thank you jeff praise god for jeff yes and you can tell jokes anytime a man, I know you're that is, <laughs> that is one of your giftings. Uh, is it Shelley or Shelly 26 YouTube says, I live in America and I have always looked at the Amish as the real Christian McCoy, they are in the world, but not of it. American Christians seem to worship people and not God. What do you know about the Amish? Do you know what she's talking about?
1: Yeah, I know, I know who the people that she's talking about, I don't know enough about them to comment really, um, except to say that. You know, th- this book is dealing mainly with is the Islamic counterfeit because it's at the top of the tree. It's the top. It's at the apex. But there are many other counterfeits. And just because you're not, because you're somehow separated or when living in a, a kind of cloistered enclave, doesn't make you faithful to Jesus. So I don't know enough about the. Um... Well, you kind of nailed it.
0: Yeah, I mean that's that's cloistered enclave. You know, not doing technology. Um... So, you know, not having cars, stuff. But like that.
1: but Shelley's point there about American Christians seeming to worship people and not God is exactly it. It's an adulation of men, and and also the fear of men which keeps people bound in this pathetic excuse that people think is Christianity, and it's, and it's not. It's this mm. it's this love of men, and often the Holy Spirit is is working, wanting to to sanctify and radicalize if i can use that language but there is a resistance of the flesh and often that's because of the fear and the, the praise of man right yeah they fear man rather than god or wanted want the praise
0: of man rather than God. exactly
1: yeah
0: yeah servant uh what is heartbreaking is confessing or professing christians are the most vitriolic when you challenge them with the truth well it's not wrong either. Um you get some real you get some real backlash, right? Um real bad. Because a lot of times if you do engage other, you know, folks who are atheists or Muslims or or what have you, um a lot of the times you'll just say get like a curious, oh really? You know that's interesting. I, I believe different than that or or I was told this or that. But then if you challenge a Christian, you know, with with some things like this, then yeah. Boom instant yeah. explosion yeah. that is true and tragic it's certainly not uh how we're supposed to respond to our family mm-hmm. oh man uh karen hey karen uh says i agree i'm what not you, sure with what i'm sorry what, what do you agree about karen yeah uh she says i did that myself until god freed me what can you be yeah what specifically please <clears throat> Please just uh, tell us that we'll engage. We'll anyway, engage. <clears throat> yeah, folks. Uh, again, this is your this is your chance now. If you've got anything for Nick whatsoever, doesn't have to be about this book. Um, about anything whatsoever for either of us. Please go ahead and enter that now. Oh, worshiping man, Karen says that was her, uh, where she was at until God freed her. Worshiping man, and yeah, we can't uh, clearly. That's not in the book anywhere. Okay, so how do we, um, we steal ourselves for this? Um, if we're feeling like the, the Lord is, is doing this, he's, he's, he's saying this for sure. We're, we're confirming it uh, in our own spirit now. Um, we're called to be a, gl- a glorious representation of, of the bride and not um, participate in these things, and yet we're being outdone, by a Antichrist spirit, right? We're being out, We're being shown up by uh, those who would pray more, those who would uh, fast regularly, those who and raise their family to do so. By the way, and there's Thanks. really no one leaving the <laughs> leaving the faith in that case. Uh, but yet, Christian families everywhere are torn apart. They've got you know kids who don't want to participate, but the parents are often left field. Uh, there's there's a very different dynamic going on and so uh, god's definitely bringing it to a head how um how does how does i don't know how does nick plan on personally dealing uh going forward in this does he have any advice um is this a one long question yeah sorry <laughs> it's a really long one
1: uh <laughs> pick it pick which which
0: aspect of it you you like or makes sense yeah it, it may
1: make, it makes sense because it's a very understandable question a very common question um, and I would say this as well that, uh, that that question can be good and it can be bad it can come from a good place and it can, it can come from a, a bolshie defensive place well what do we do now what are you saying Franks or it can come from a place of utter desperation and longing mm-hmm. to see faithfulness to see people saved to see power in proclamation, you know, the things that would probably bother many people. And this may sound glib and it may sound uh, too simplistic, but I believe that the church are being called to repentance. And that won't be an event that won't be some kind of logo, uh, an event with logos slapped on it or, (sighs) you know, Entertainment alongside or refreshments. This is when you consider the history of Israel and you consider the prophets of old and you consider the Lord sending his people into exile. That wasn't an overnight fix, it wasn't the short term. And I've said publicly a number of times in the last couple of years that the Lord could conceivably lead his people into 40 years of repentance our understanding of repentance is a major part of the problem
0: Mm. because
1: we tend to view it as just some kind of like weepy holy huddle and there needs to be a new and that's why i believe that the churches were closed in 2020 because of god god's god's judgment on the church was that his congregations were closed that's one of the reasons why i think he did that is to facilitate a new normal and that that new normal would be one of profound prayer and repentance fasting intercession that doesn't mean to say we we somehow forget about the lost the people that don't know god but it does mean that we recognize that we can't faithfully reach people with the gospel while we are in an unrepentant unfaithful condition So the answer to the question is, yeah, this is what this book is about. This book is about national repentance. And I'm not going to, I'm deliberately going to not go into that because I, I, I would like people to read it. This is not the kind of thing to just listen to a podcast about. It's something to read and to take time to prayerfully reflect about. Every chapter has recommendations and questions for reflection and prayer at the end of it. But... Our understanding is, and if this is where we finish, Chris, I'd be, I'd be satisfied in in saying that our understanding as the church, as the body of Christ, as to what repentance is, is woefully short of of the understanding that we need, and church leaders are failing left, right, and centre. We had just in, uh, I don't know if you guys know about GAFCON. Um, they had a conference in Rwanda last week. They're the kind of offshoot of the Anglican Global Body who are calling justin welby this is how messed up it is the anglican church or part of it called gafcon are calling justin welby the archbishop of canterbury the head of the anglican church to repentance and yet they themselves are condoning female ministers and yeah i'll I'll probably be upsetting people on this podcast now, Chris, we're now into the territory. This is, this is, this is what it means to be repentant. It's like, there's nothing off the Mm -hmm. table here. Mm -hmm. You can't have the attitude of calling the Justin Welby to repentance because he's condoning same sex marriage whilst condoning egalitarianism. You can't have both. You can't stand on the word of God about homosexuality, but not about what is, according to the scripture, very clear, the plain reading of the scripture constitutes church leadership and spiritual authority. And yeah, I'll be upsetting people now because there'll be people, maybe even somebody who was on the screen a minute ago, wearing a dog collar. Mm. This is the reality. We're not going to, the the Lord isn't going to come back. The, The Lord is not going to appear in the sky without profound disruption and travail on the earth. And in the, and in the church. And so, yeah, it's going to be costly for all of us and it will touch all of our lives and all of our families and all of our congregations and denominations in slightly different ways, but make no mistake, the preparation of the church, what it would mean to be radicalized from this dog's dinner is going to require everything and if in in your heart even right now listening to me speak because i'll be upsetting some people welcome to my world (laughs) if with if within this moment you're feeling within you a a sense of indignation a sense of well that can't be right because i'm a i am a minister and i'm and i'm and i'm a lady let me tell you when the lord saved saul and made brother paul what was on the floor on that dusty road to Damascus? What was left of Saul when he got up? Absolutely nothing. Everything was on the table. He didn't issue terms and conditions. He didn't have some areas that he wasn't quite comfortable with because because some, somebody else had taught him something contrary to it. He, 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 he heard the voice of Jesus and he submitted to him. The church, the church just agree to disagree about things that we shouldn't be agreeing to disagree about. Mm-hmm. And and while there's a, a rising sense of entitlement about whatever issue it is, it could be your sexuality. It could be the fact that you are a minister and you shouldn't be. You're not in a, you're not in a place of repentance before the Lord. Let me just read this quote to you very quickly. Someone sent this to me about an hour ago. This is Augustine. If you believe what you like in the gospel and reject what you don't like, it is not the gospel you believe, but yourself. Mm -hmm. That's it.
0: Amen. And that's, that's following the enemy's path, right? Um, yeah, it's, it's it's everything yeah amen all right friends this is a this is a call to um repentance doesn't leave anything out you can't you can't hide from god who sees everything including the desires um deep within and uh got to get it all out there no doubt no matter what it means
1: and maybe i'll just say this in closing bro um Mary and I, as a couple, have lost friends. We've lost even family members. We've lost we've lost a sense of, in my case, of um, vocation of employment. The cost associated with repentance on a personal individual level is the same corporately. And I think it's Acts 2.38 when the apostles were preaching the gospel. And what's the response of the truly repentant, the true disciple, the true radical? Please, please tell me what I have to do to be saved. Please tell me. I don't know what it is. I'm hearing something and something in my heart is brimming up, but I don't know what. And there's an urgency. There's a there's a kind of corresponding urgency. Tell me what I... And it will and it is costly. And I don't want you to hear or anybody to hear a harsh, unloving, unpastoral call to repentance as though I've not walked through that in my own life or that we haven't as a couple. That's not true. This book is actually dedicated to my wife for Mary, for Mary and every price you've paid. And Chris, like the same is true of you, mate. I know that you pay a great cost and price and you can relate with what I'm saying. But that, that's important to say that, that the, when this happens and, and Lord willing, if there is a more national sense of repentance in the nations of the West, it will sound harsh and unloving because it demands everything. It promotes an upheaval, a disruption of everything.
0: Jesus does demand everything.
1: He does. Of course he does apart from me, you can do nothing.
0: Yeah. But yeah. Uh, on point, is your book in ebook format? Yes, it is.
1: Yeah, it's a PDF. We've not, we had problems with the Kindle version, but it's, it's there. If you follow the link that Chris has provided, it's, it's PDF. Yeah.
0: Yep. So that is there. Stephanie is the reason I'm still up at this time. This is a great message and it's hit home. Thank you. Well, bless the Lord and bless you, brother. Um, Hopefully Thank we you. can do this again before too long.
1: Yeah. Mm. Shall I just pray, mate? Yes. Yes, please. Father, we're just in awe of your mercy and grace for our lives, that we were once in the world without hope and without God, alienated from the citizenship in Israel or the, the, the covenant promises of covenant, Lord, you have brought us into all of that lord and we um we do pray that each of us would have an ongoing sense of that awe associated with our personal salvation that we'd work it out with genuine fear and trembling Hmm. i pray for anybody tonight for whom this has been difficult to hear and Lord, that you'd even put your finger gently and graciously on areas that are not sac, that are not surrendered to you, and that there would be a fruit in keeping with repentance as a result, as a profound grace and kindness that your that your call to repentance is. And Lord, for for the church at large, we pray, and we um mm. we we simply pray, Mara and Arthur, come, Lord, please come, and that in the time that is between when that happens and now that there would be just profound disruption unto the splendor of preparation, a bride presented. That's my prayer, Lord. And I pray that anyone listening tonight would, would know the sense, the unmistakable sense of your spirit and clarity and what it is that you're saying to them personally, to be able to see and like, like Saul, have scales removed. I pray, Spirit, for your sanctifying work your empowering work your comforting work in your body i pray in the precious name of jesus
0: yes lord shake everything that can be shaken Mm -hmm. starting with us Mm -hmm. and um as our brother says um profoundly Mm -hmm. deeply to the foundations of our nations where you planted us Lord, that, uh, that glorious bride would emerge, mm. even in a small number. Mm. We thank you in Yeshua. Amen. Mm. Amen. Thank you, brother. Uh, till next time, we love you and we love everyone who's participated here today. Thank you so very much. If you're watching later, we love you just the same as well. Please, if this has blessed you, please share it and support us in whatever way you can. Uh, get Nick's book. And follow his ministry. Uh, again, firebrandnotes.com is where you can find him. Till next time, brother, this is Wing of the Eagle podcast. Hello. And uh, we love y'all. See you very soon.